0: Welcome to the podcast series for the Journal of Neurophysiology. I'm Bill Yates, the Editor-in-Chief of the Journal, and today we're talking with the authors of a recently accepted paper entitled Altered Tactile Sensitivity in Children with Attention Deficit Hyperactivity Disorder. This paper was included in October's APS Select, a collection of the very best original research papers published by the American Physiological Society. Before we begin, let's meet our guests.
1: Uh, Hi, everyone. My name is Nicholas Butts. I'm an assistant professor in the Department of Radiology at Johns Hopkins University. I mostly focus on studying inhibition and sensory processing in children with neurodevelopmental disorders, focusing on um, disorders like autism and uh, and ADHD. So we use a combination of vibrotactile techniques that that we'll talk about today, as well as uh, using magnetic resonance spectroscopy, which is an, an MRI technique to measure GABA in the brain as well.
2: Hi, this is Dr. Stuart Mostofsky. I am a professor of neurology and psychiatry at Johns Hopkins University School of Medicine and at Kennedy Krieger Institute, where I am the director of the Center for Neurodevelopmental and Imaging Research. We have within the center over two decades of experience focusing on working with children with a range of neurodevelopmental disorders, in particular, children with autism, children with ADHD, and children with Tourette syndrome. We use a variety of methodologies including behavioral methods as well as brain imaging and brain stimulatory methods such as transcranial magnetic stimulation to examine underlying processes that contribute to differences that define these disorders as well as then leveraging those findings to develop novel intervention strategies.
0: Can you give us a brief summary of past work on tactile processing in children with ADHD?
1: Yeah, so there isn't really been that much work on uh, on tactile processing and ADHD. So there's been a few papers and If you look at different studies, so there's been one study from the 90s, which we actually quite recently found, which looked at some differences in quite large cohorts, but there weren't really particular to specific types of tactile processing that we look at. So we look at very kind of low level functioning. There's been some other studies, but the problem is that the majority of studies looking at tactile or sensory processing, they use questionnaires like the sensory profile or a sensor, sensory overresponsivity inventory or, or different checklists. And the problem with them is that they are relatively subjective, so they don't really tell you much about some of the sensory function. Um, and they also really involve the emotional responses to touch that these children often have. And so we decided to actually look at this in a more objective way by using psychophysics. There have been studies showing that these children show tactile defensiveness or that they show overresponsivity to touch touch or something like that, maybe associated with hyperactivity, but only really one, one previous study looking at it to the extent that we look at more kind of psychophysical measures of different aspects of touch processing. And maybe Stuart can talk a little bit more about how these children
2: are affected by
1: sensory processes in daily life.
2: Right. So what's interesting, I think some historical perspective here is important. First, with the understanding that issues with sensory processing difficulties have been reported among children with ADHD for decades. However, the ability to examine tactile processing in a really objective manner has been fairly non-existent tactile sensation is a subjective phenomenon. So that the fact that children with ADHD report that tags in their shirt are more bothersome to them or lumps in their socks or their belt being too tight is something that's been observed by the children themselves, their family members, and of course, clinicians for decades now. However, the ability to actually quantify the degree to which there are differences in tactile sensitivity or the ability to adapt or habituate to those tactile stimuli have been virtually non-existent. And it's only in the last several years that the methodologies have been developed that allow us to probe this phenomenon in a really careful and quantifiable manner.
0: Why did you hypothesize that children with ADHD would show reduced performance in tasks closely linked to inhibition?
1: That's a really interesting question. So there's not that much known about the underlying neurochemistry of ADHD. I think a lot of people suggest that it's maybe uh, more dopamine or noradrenergic, But there's several studies now having shown that inhibition or gaba inhibition may be different in ADHD. So just before I arrived here uh, at Hopkins, Dr. Mostofsky and Dr. Evan, who have worked with for a long time, published a study showing that GABA levels, so the amount of GABA in the motor cortex of children with ADHD was reduced compared to their typically developed controls. And there's been some TMS studies by our collaborator, Don Gilbert, for instance, showing that SICI, which is a measure of intercortical inhibition and then GABA-aergic activity, is also reduced in ADHD. And there's been some other MRS studies that confirm this idea that GABA is reduced in ADHD. And so we know that tactile processing relies, at least to a certain extent, on GABAergic processing. And the tasks that we developed, which we we'll maybe get getting onto in a bit, we know that they are at least in some shape or form driven by differences in inhibition. So the idea that the GABA might be not functioning properly and the idea that the tactile function might be impaired was a relatively easy hypothesis, I think. Because we know that these tasks involve GABAergic mechanisms, so the idea that when GABA isn't working properly, then children should be worse at these tasks. And this is something that we've shown before in Healthy Adults. So one of my first papers, we showed that the amount of GABA in the sensory motor cortex was associated with people's ability to discriminate tactile frequencies. We've replicated that in a cohort of typically developing children. But we do see differences in these correlations in, in for instance, autism as well of difference in how GABA and touch are related. So the tasks that we do, for instance, are looking at detection thresholds, which has been associated with GABA B receptor subunits, Um, We look at adaptation, which we know involves GABAergic processes. We look at the ability to discriminate um, tactile stimuli applied on the skin simultaneously, which we know involves lateral inhibition. And so with these different tasks that we apply in these children, we look at different GABAergic mechanisms, at least to some degree. And so it allows us to say something about the cortical dynamics going on during these tasks. And thus, we hypothesize that if the GABA levels are indeed reduced, what previous studies have shown, or if GABA receptor function is impaired, what previous studies have shown, then these children should also show differences in these tasks where we know they rely on inhibition.
2: So building on what Dr. Putz pointed out, we have had findings in children with ADHD that suggest failures in inhibition that are related to cortical GABAergic inhibitory control. Furthermore, there's more generalized notions that have been discussed over the past few decades in the ADHD literature that the core impairments in excessive hyperactive, impulsive, and inattentive behavior in ADHD may be related to failures in inhibitory control. So given those findings, we had hypotheses that we would see differences in tactile sensitivity and tactile adaptation in children with ADHD, and that those findings would be related broadly to differences in GABAergic inhibitory control. How did you test your hypothesis?
1: A few years ago, we developed a battery together with our collaborator, Mark Tomadon, that allows us to measure different aspects of tactile function using different vibrotactile tasks using psychophysics. And so we have a battery of tasks that are relatively coarse in nature, where we measure different aspects of tactile function, such as reaction time, the ability to detect very weak stimuli, to detect very weak stimuli after a subthreshold stimulation. We also look at amplitude discrimination with and without adaptation, as well as frequency discrimination and the ability to distinguish the order of different stimuli. And so with these different tasks that in total take about 45 to 50 minutes when you give kids a break, we're able to look at different mechanisms. And so particularly in terms of inhibition, the detection threshold is interesting because we know that static detection thresholds, which is do you feel a stimulus on a finger or on which finger do you feel a tap on your finger, has been associated with a GABA receptor subunit in the past. We also know from animal work that a sub activation preferentially activates GABAergic neurons. And so this idea is that when you have a sub activation, you have an index of feed-forward inhibition. We know that the ability to distinguish two super-threshold stimuli on the finger, at least to some degree, relies on GABAergic lateral inhibition because we need to separate the two signals apart but we can adapt to that. And previous studies have shown that when you adapt to a certain amplitude or a certain frequency, um, you can become better at a task. And so you do this by applying two stimuli before this trial. But when you apply a stimulus only in one finger before each trial, this typically makes people worse. And so we've done this before in healthy adults and healthy children to see if kids could do this, and, and they can. And so in this case, we do this because they give us indexes of inhibitory function. So we do a, a variety of these tasks. And in addition, we also look at things like IQ and motor control. And as Stuart said, we do a lot of other tasks in terms of motor function and impulsivity in these children. And so with that, we can look at, first of all, tactile processing, potentially being an index of cortical processing, and also how this associates with some of the other outcomes in these children.
0: Tell us about your findings.
1: So our findings were interesting because they didn't directly confirm the hypothesis that this was purely an inhibition-driven result. So in terms of reaction time, we see that children with ADHD have slower reaction time, whether or not they have to press a button also indicating the finger that they feel this on but in terms of the difference between a task where they just have to press a button quickly as possible and when they have to make a choice there weren't any differences with the controls and we found that this was associated with iq so this seemed to be more driven by iq rather than the inhibition underlying this now in terms of detection threshold we again find that children are worse at this task associated with iq and in another task with the pan s which is a measure of motor control but we again see the pattern between a static and a dynamic detection threshold being the same in ADHD. so While they are worse at this task, the contrast between the two detection threshold tasks was the same, which suggests that this feed forward innovation that we talked about might be intact. But the association with motor control measures suggests that their impairment in this technique, so being worse than the controls, might actually contribute to their difficulties with motor control. So associating what we see in the sensory domain, so in terms of tactile processing, with difficulties in the motor domain, which is often seen as a symptom in, in ADHD. Now, when we look at adaptation, we find something very interesting. So First of all, when we ask the children to do a baseline amplitude discrimination task, they can do this absolutely fine in the same way that the controls can. And this finding is very important because it shows that the kids with ADHD are not just worse across the board because of maybe differences in attention. They can do this task. And secondly, it suggests that there's lateral inhibitions intact. The moment we start adapting them, so giving two or one repetitive stimulus before each trial, we see a difference. So. What we've shown before, and in this study again, when you apply them on both fingers, this doesn't have an effect on typically developing controlled children. It does in healthy adults. But in the children with ADHD, any sort of adaptation makes them a lot worse at doing amplitude discrimination, which suggests that any sort of adaptation, any sort of repetitive stimulus is some form of distractibility, that there's a more interesting stimulus to attend to, even though we tell them to ignore this, that just impairs their ability to focus on the task. And so that's where it starts becoming very interesting. In terms of frequency discrimination and temporal order judgments, we also see that they're worse at one of the frequency discrimination tasks, but on the other one they're not. So again, they're not worse across the board. Um, And so these associations with IQ and with motor control are very interesting because we start looking into how our findings are associated with some of the more prevalent symptoms in these kids, such as difficulties in motor control, difficulties in inhibition, and how attention and inattention leads to them not
0: responding properly to tactile processing. What are the implications and next steps of your work?
1: So I think we find that these children have these altered responses to tactile stimulation that maybe in some part are driven by differences in inhibition, because we know these tasks are inhibition driven. We do see differences in adaptation that we know is inhibition driven. But it also shows that it's really the differences in attention and so on that may lead to these sensory issues. And so we're starting to look more into other mechanisms that might be impaired. We have a lot of motor data that we can look at. So really how these sensory findings relate to motor findings, because I think that is definitely an avenue in ADHD that's not well explored we will acquire GABA MRS data so we can actually start looking at how these findings associate with brain GABA levels. That is something that we've done in Tourette syndrome before, which was also published in the Journal of Neurophysiology, as well as in autism. And so there we actually see that it's really the kids with impairments in GABA ergic function in terms of GABA levels that also show the tactile differences. And so there might be differences within ADHD in terms of the ADHD phenotype, where maybe different subgroups in terms of neurophysiology lead to the same ADHD phenotype. So I think that is something definitely to explore, because if we do understand the differences and maybe individual differences in sensory function we might be able to understand the disorder better and maybe also target treatment in certain ways these children are impaired in terms of sensory function so I think looking at the individual differences is definitely an important next step.
2: Yeah, I think that clearly really crucial finding in this paper are the findings of differences in adaptation. We've wondered for quite some time, why do children with ADHD show these difficulties with ignoring and having excessive responsiveness to uncomfortable stimuli? You know, things like tags in the shirts, belt being too tight, and... The finding that children with ADHD show clear differences in their ability to adapt to tactile stimuli suggests that while there may not be differences in their initial perception of the tactile sensory stimuli, that there is a failure over time to habituate to these stimuli and therefore ignore these stimuli. So this has important implications for potential behavioral treatments for children who are really suffering from these kinds of excessive tactile sensitivity. And in tandem with occupational therapists and other professionals, I think provide some avenues to consider how to best address these difficulties in children with ADHD as well as children with related disorders.
0: I'd like to thank our guests for participating in a discussion of the article, Altered Tactile Sensitivity in Children with Attention Deficit Hyperactivity Disorder, part of the podcast series for the Journal of Neurophysiology.